0: Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. Matthew chapter number 26. I'm going to read 10 verses. As I was saying, we're a week away from Easter, uh, and and this message uh, uh, is entitled Before the Cross. Before the Cross. Uh, There's a narrative I want you to read Uh, for you that uh, should be uh, fairly uh, familiar as it relates to Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, But one of the things I want you to understand is that uh, before Jesus died on the cross, he died somewhere else. Before he died on the cross, he died in the garden. And there's a narrative that I want you to see because it is Uh, One of the reasons why uh, my faith is so secure uh, is because of this uh, series uh, of verses. Here it is, starting at the 36th verse. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death, Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying. Now, these two words have an exclamation mark behind it, okay? I want you to uh, please pay attention to that uh, so it can give you context to what we'll read in the next verse. My father! Okay, you, if, there's a, if there's an exclamation mark behind uh, uh, a sentence or a word, uh, you wouldn't uh, expect that that would be whispered. Do we agree? You you don't expect an exclamation mark, and he goes, My father. Okay? So it is my father. Okay. It is, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to his disciples and found them asleep. How? See, we've always all the disciples were sleepy, they couldn't stay awake. Jesus is not whispering his prayer. So even if they were sleeping, uh, if you if there's a guy, a stone's throw away and he's praying like this. My father. If there's any other way, how can you sleep through that type of prayer? Okay, their sleep, he says to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching pray, so that you will not give into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed There's an exclamation mark again, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Uh, When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up! Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. That is just a profound passage. So, so uh, today's uh, message is entitled, Before the Cross. Uh, bow your heads, let's pray over the Word. Uh, Holy, Holy Spirit, would, would you give us the strength uh, to face our cross before our cross? amen. Uh, January 14th of this year, I celebrated my 21st spiritual birthday. I've been saved now 21 years. (laughs) I know it's shocking. Yeah, I look 25. (laughs) Got saved early. Uh, But in 1996, I gave my life to Jesus. And um, many of you all know my testimony about uh, being molested when I was eight years old, Uh, being exposed to pornography and subsequently addicted to pornography by the time I was 19, an ongoing struggle after I gave my life to Christ, uh, uh, before I started to experience freedom. Um, but this particular passage of Scripture gave me more hope to follow Jesus than any miracle He's ever performed. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that if it were not for this particular passage outside of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this moment of vulnerability that Jesus has in the Garden of Gethsemane is one of the main reasons why my faith is anchored in Jesus Christ. This particular passage is what takes Jesus from being a superhero. To. A human who is absolutely relatable. Not the water walking guy, not the opening up blind eyes guy, not the healing the leprous skin guy, not 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 the guy that is turning fish into a multiplied buffet, we're we're talking about God wrapped in flesh, Emmanuel, Christ sent to us, dwelling among us, the only begotten of the Father, having the most vulnerable moment in human history, and he allows us to see it. What a treat that the Savior is just not trying to put His glory on display. We don't just simply see Him transfigured in the garden, I mean, uh, uh, on on the uh, Mount of Olives, uh, 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 glowing in all of His splendor, and we don't see a moment of vulnerability or transparency. We don't just get to see Jesus at His best, we get to see Him at His worst. We don't get just to see him when he is uh, vanquishing all of hell's attempts at sabotaging humanity's connection with God. We also get to see Jesus in a very transparent state, struggling to do what he said he was going to do. Struggling and wrestling with. Grappling with the thought of something that was already decided before he said, let there be light. Christ crucified before the foundations of the world. It was a done deal. All the prophets spoke. The first messianic prophecy given with promise is Genesis 315. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent and he shall bruise his heel. Four thousand years later, Christ is born. When he starts his earthly ministry at the age of 30, he's telling everybody, I'm going to die. My passion is to die. I've only come to do the will of the Father, the one who sent me. I'm going to do it. The hour has come. And when the hour comes and it gets to that moment, he's like. <laughs> mm. Mm. Anybody? Has anybody? Anybody beside me? Beside him? Ever? I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going to do it. Don't, don't, don't even dare me to, because I'll do it. I will do, what? Oh, 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 chili? I'll eat that chili. Oh, it's the hottest chili in America? I don't care. I'll eat that chili. Don't bring me no milk. Don't bring me no water. I'm, I'm gangster. I'll do it now. The chili comes. They put the plate in front of you. The first hint of that spice hits your nose. And you're like, "Mm -hmm, well, (laughs) what I meant was, I'll take it home and nibble on it first. Jesus has the most vulnerable moment in human history. Not only does he let us see it, he brought his friends with him. Scripture says that he was deep in anguish and distress. And he said, come on, y'all. Y'all saw me when I got transfigured. That's fantastic. fantastic. But I I need you now. I need some help. I need prayer warriors. I need some people around me that that, that are going to listen and and, and pray and be with me. And and would you just go out here and pray with me real quick? And he goes out there and he says, hey, y'all stay here. Go into intercession for me. And he goes about a stone's throw away, and he starts praying. He doesn't hit his knees. It's not, again, Scripture is much different than movie Jesus. For some reason, every time they translate it to the screen, it just loses something. Jesus did not go and get on a rock and then just go, man, wow, Dad. You know, I wish you'd take the cup, but if not, your will be done. Great distress, great anguish. He, he said, my, my, my heart is grieving to the point of death. What I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that b- before you pick up your cross. Before you actually go through with uh, 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 walking with Jesus in a way uh, that, that brings him delight and joy. Before that physical act is done, before that response is given, something up here has to die. Before that physical cross takes place, there has to be a mental cross that you have to die on. And Jesus, as our perfect template, shows us how to go through this moment. So I actually have six points to this message. I've been gone for two weeks. (laughs) But the first three, I want you to uh, title like this, Three Ways Jesus Died on the Inside. Three ways that Jesus died on the inside before the cross. Point number one, he died for our wrongs. I want you to think about this. We, we, we know that Jesus physically died for our sins on the cross, but before he physically did it, he mentally did it in the garden. He died for our wrongs. That grief that he was feeling in that moment is that grief that comes with knowing for the first time, I know our minds Cannot possibly comprehend this, but as best we can, for the first time in eternity, I'm going to be disconnected from my dad. Now, we can't fully relate to that because we were born disconnected. We were born in sin, which was uh, uh, that, that natural disconnect that we had from God that is restored through his finished work on the cross. Jesus had never experienced that at no time. And for the first time, he's dealing with the thought and the fact that I will be disconnected from my dad from the first time in all of history. He's in deep grief, he's in anguish, and he goes, "Uh, if, if there's any other way that this can happen, I'll take it right now. He died for our wrongs internally before he ever did it externally. Point number two, write this down. He died to his way. Now, this is a theological conundrum to me. I, I, I still have a hard time understanding this fully. How does Jesus the Son of God, divinity, and humanity together. Walk around and tell everyone, I only do what my father tells me to do. I only go where my dad tells me to go. I only say what my dad tells me to say. He doesn't have a way. He's never had his own way. His way has always been whatever my dad tells me to do. However he wants me to do it, I'll do it. And we know that this is true because if you look at the miracles in the Bible, they were not all done the same way. For one person, he, he, he uh, uh, touches his eyes and the man sees trees. He has to touch them again before his sight is right for somebody else. He spits on the ground and mixes it up and puts it on his eyes. I'd rather personally get the touch <laughs> than the whole spit thing, but Then he tells him to go wash. This is again, y'all know I see the the Bible in in 3D. How do you tell a blind man with mud, spit mud on his eyeballs, go wash in the pool? Are you going going to at least grab my hand or? He never did anything the same way. There's a little girl that's dead. He goes into her bedroom and says, "Uh, Talitha Kumi, daughter, Arise. For some little boy that's dead in a casket, he just, touches, he just touches the thing that was touching the boy and he gets up. He does it whatever, whatever way his dad wants him to do it on that day. That's the way he does it. And here is Jesus for the first time going, um, that's not my way. We, we, I know we agreed. <laughs> I know this whole Blessed Trinity thing, we, we're all going to do this. But that's, is there another way? If there is, I'll take that. Is this not encouraging to anybody but me? That that I'm not the only one that's ever had a different way? (laughs) That even Jesus came to a a moment of vulnerability where he had a different way? He died to that way. Before he got on the cross, he died to that way in the garden. Point number three. He died to his will. Well, way and will are the same thing. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. If, if I could have a certain way, I like a burger. And maybe I like Wendy's. I don't do any fast food, but maybe I don't even eat beef. But if I did. Maybe I want Wendy's. I don't know why I would want a square burger, but whatever. Okay? Have no clue why I want my meat patty in a square. Maybe I like SpongeBob. I don't know. But, but, but if that's the way that I like my burger, but my will is just to have a burger, then I will take Jack in the Box. If I can't have it my way, it, it, at least I still get my will. D- do you understand? Yeah. He he died to his way right. and he died ultimately to his will. Yes. If there was a different way, I'd take that way. Nevertheless, not my will, yep. yours be done. There's no other way then ultimately I give up my will on the whole matter. But this is... This is again. This is where I'm encouraged that that Jesus was having a real human moment. He goes back to see if his intercessors are praying. They're not. Okay, and he wakes them up. This is how you know this is serious. Hey, why are y'all asleep? Can, couldn't you just stay with me one hour? And they kind of. Oh, yeah, you're right. He goes back and he prays again. Hello, anybody ever prayed for something more than one time? See, it, I don't know if I could relate if Jesus only prayed one time and was like, not my will, don't be and be like, bravo, Jesus. You are the man, aren't you? You're just you're just Jesus, aren't you? He goes back again. Uh, uh, Lord, it, uh, <laughs> maybe you didn't hear me the first time. And my intercessors fell asleep. And so maybe, you, you know, our connection got, you, you know, interrupted. I think they're woke now. So they're charging up the atmosphere. And so I'm back. My father, I don't know if you heard me the first time, if there's any other way. Can we do that? Can we go back to the Old Testament? Is there a red heifer somewhere that nobody knows about? Can we sacrifice that? (laughs) Two turtle doves. Is there anything else that can be done? He hears nothing. Has anybody ever prayed and heard Nothing. When you when when you're praying about something and you hear nothing, that means the last thing you did hear is still operative. That means he hasn't changed his mind about the last thing he said. Last thing they talked about is you're gonna go to the cross and die for all humanity. He comes back and prays, hey. How about that? Can we do something else? He hears nothing. He goes back again. Hey, can we do something else? He hears nothing. He goes back to his team. Guess what? They're asleep again. He's like, he goes a third. Jesus goes a third time. And scripture says he prayed the same things that he prayed the other two times. He heard nothing. And I don't know about you. Uh, But I've been there before where the Lord has clearly spoken on what he wants me to do, but I just have to go back and check. Anybody? This usually, uh, I hear this uh, occur most often around giving. There's, There's something about giving that makes people go back and check. Isn't that amazing? Because... Because the reason why he kept going back to check is because he had to give. He had to give his life. And the sacrifice was so immense, he kept going back to go, are you sure you want me to do this? Here's how it translates to us. The Lord would say something like, hey, I I want you to sacrificially give today. And and you're like, "Okay, okay, all right. All right. Jesus, sacrifice. Okay, I can deal with that. how, How much is sacrifice? You, you, you know, what, what kind of sacrifice are we talking about? Because my sacrifice, you know, is about $30. So, you know, I was going to go to the buffet today to brunch with my friends. I'll give that up for you, Lord. So, is it $30? He's like, mm mm, it's 300 And you're like, mm mm. But I'm not sure that doesn't quite bear witness with, uh, you know, $300. I, I, I I need that $300. You know, I got I got, I got stuff I need to do. Now, now here's the thing. He's, he's not talking about your bill money. He's not talking about your mortgage. Okay? We're not talking about that crazy stuff that some people do, which is manipulation. You know, sow a seed and give your mortgage up and God's going to give you back something. Like, he's a dealer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's... <laughs> Like, he's your gambling bookie, you, you know what I mean? Like, the odds of you winning with Jesus is 10 to 1, you'll be fine. Like, what? That's, that's just ridiculous. So he's not talking about that. So, so when he asks you for something, he knows you have it to give. He knows you have to give, and it's never going to be anything you don't have. If you don't have it, he's not going to ask you for it. He's just not going to do that, right? That's not the Lord. I just want you to know that. That way, if you're ever in an environment and that happens, you just go, you ain't talking to me because I... There's 20 people here and give $10,000. Well, I've escaped that one. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have 10 grand, so I am. Amen, 20 people. Get up. Y'all get up, because it ain't, who are you? It ain't me. Is it you? Is it you? Okay, so. <laughs> okay, all right. So they say, give the $300, and here you go. Hmm. Hey, Amen, okay, yeah. I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to pray about that. <laughs> You start going back. Hey, Lord, you, you, sure, you sure it's 300? I mean, I said 30 at first. You saying 300? It's probably somewhere in the, 150. It's probably half of that. <laughs> Split that right in half. You know what? I'll do 150 this month and I'll do another 150 next month. And, and the Lord's like, Mm-mm. he doesn't even answer you because he hasn't changed his mind about the first thing that he said. That's right. And we'll just keep going back. Uh, Lord, one more time. Just wanted to check. Now, now we do that with with money. He did it with his life. And he let us see it. I don't know about y'all. That is so encouraging to me. Like Jesus had this like really, really regular moment. You know, in scripture, when it says he was tempted in all points yet without sin. Okay. Because there's only, there's only three points of sin, three points of entry as relates to sin, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and pride of life. The subcategories are endless. There's only three points. He was tempted in all those points, but to be in the garden, literally going back and forth with his dad, is phenomenal to me. And he invites us in to do the same thing. So here's your next three points, okay? Next three points, three ways we should die on the inside. If we can die in the same way Jesus did, we can live in the same way Jesus lives. Point number one, we die to our wrongs. Now, this is a huge difference. Point number one, with Jesus dying on the inside, he died for our wrongs, which, which left us with the only option left, which is to die to our wrongs. Here's what it says in Romans 6 and 6. Uh, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. That's good news right there. He died for our wrongs, which left us nothing else to do except die to our wrongs. And the way we die to our wrongs is to accept what he did on the cross and say that should have been me on that cross. But instead, he decided in the garden to do that for me. And so since he did that for me, then here's the only thing I need to do to myself. I die to my wrongs. I've been crucif- crucified, uh, with Christ. Here's here is Galatians 220. My old self has been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. He gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. I try to apply this to uh, 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 moments in my life where where temptation is really high, uh, because I don't know, this might be A complete revelation to you all. And if it is, write it down, because this is amazing. Y'all ready for it? You should be on the edge of your seat because this is a bombshell right here. I'm kind of hyping it. Okay, A dead man can't be tempted. I don't know if you ever. Dead man can't be tempted. You can have a relative who's gone on uh, to be with the Lord and and they used to love cake. You show up at the funeral? It's kind of morbid, but you got to go with me on my analogy, okay? You show up to the funeral with the with their favorite cake. You can lay it in the casket with them. Guess what? They are unbelievably disciplined. <laughs> this is their favorite cake. You put it on their chest. They don't want the cake. Because they're dead. Whatever your overwhelming temptations are, the, the, the best way you can deal with it is to see yourself dead to it, not because of your willpower, but because of his power, the Holy Spirit's power, working on the inside of you. I've been crucified. I, I, I don't have to participate in this anymore anymore. I, 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 can, I can die to it because I'm dying to my wrongs. He died for my wrongs. I'm dying to my wrongs. Here's point number two. We die to our way. We die to our way. Proverbs 14 and 12, this is in uh, New King James Version. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is is the way of death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is in death. Here's my, uh, the best analogy I can come up with for this. Um, Facebook has completely destroyed the social order of human beings' lives, okay? I love Facebook, it's fine, okay? Um, uh, but, But here's what I mean by the social order. Like, when you went through uh, your 12 years of school, right, your elementary, your junior high, and your high school, you were supposed to get a thing called a yearbook, okay? And in that yearbook, uh, you were supposed to capture uh, all the memories and photos of all the people that you were never supposed to see again for the rest of your life, okay? Save maybe three or four people that you're lifelong friends with, that you met in elementary school and you still know them today, okay? Uh, Save four or five people max. You were never supposed to see anybody else from high school, junior high, or elementary for the rest of your life. It was designed that way, and then Facebook jacked the whole thing up. (laughs) You were supposed to never see the first person you fought, kissed, dissed, dismissed. You were never supposed to see him again. You're supposed to go away and just have a memory in the deep recesses of your soul that are never going to come up again, supposed to live your life, never see him in a grocery store, move on. You're never supposed to see him again. Facebook? Facebook brought them all back. And they brought them this close. There's a way that seems right to a man. But the end is death. So when I used to be on Facebook, I'm not on Facebook anymore. When it first started coming out, you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> and, then, and then I saw, like, my high school sweetheart. I was already married at the time. I saw my high school sweetheart on, on Facebook. I'm like, ah! Right? You're never supposed to go back to that, right? And, and everybody, you know, when you're in high school, just just listen. If you're a teenager, just stop, okay? Just just don't even, I love you. No, you don't, okay? The average youth-young adult relationship lasts 90 to 120 days. That is the empirical data. Stop yourself. It's not happening, okay? <laughs> Happens like once every two generations, okay? You meet somebody when you're 14, you're still married to them now, okay? That don't happen no more. Okay, so um, I, I, I click on it, and oh, that's her. And then, and, and then I just look at her, I just look at her, and then, and then, and then I look at my wife. and then I, I looked at her, and then I looked at my wife, and then this scripture came to me: "There was a way that seems right to a man. But the end is death." y'all get it? I'm going to just let it marinate. There's nothing wrong with it. The, there's nothing wrong with her. The, the Lord knew who I was supposed to be with. The, the, the Lord knew what job I was supposed to have. The, the Lord knows what city I need to live in. What I'm saying is th- there's, there's ways that you can have, but don't let that way lead you to death. A disconnection from a relationship with God because you had to have your way. I tell you, another franchise that has completely tried to destroy this social order with this subliminal messaging, Burger King. You can have it your way. No, you can't. That's not even life. That applies to the, you know, I'm a literalist, that applies to a burger. Just say you can have your burger your way, but don't Don't project out into society. You can have it your way. That's the problem with society now. Everybody wants it their way. There's a way that seems right, but the end will lead to death. So he invites us in to a relationship with him and says, hey, you can do the same thing in your life that I did in mine. Give up your way. If you give up your way, God will show you his. And I guarantee you, I don't care if you've been with God for 50 years or if this is your first time here, a visitor brought you, you're just like trying to fill it out, I can guarantee you his way is better than your way. I can guarantee you his way better than yours point number three write this down we die to our will we die to our wrongs we die to our way and we die to our will my my favorite uh verse for this is uh, matthew 6 10 there's a lot of verses i could have read uh but but this one has its most grandiose scope to me Uh, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your whole kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If, if, If you live your life as a believer in Jesus Christ saying, I want your will to be done here in the same way that you have in heaven, your whole life is lived differently. You, 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 you uh, begin to have uh, a paradigm of thought that nothing belongs to you, that, that, that every day uh, you're going to give me an opportunity to shine the light of Jesus Christ uh, into a, a, a person's heart, into a person's mind, uh, into their souls that could either do one of three things, warm them up, heat them up, or burn them up. That's how I see the light of Jesus. When we point it uh, uh, at the world, it should warm them up, heat them up, or burn them up. And when we live our lives saying, you know what? It has to be your will, not mine. I want your kingdom to come, and I want your will to be done. It changes the way you live your life. It changes the way you see your life. For 21 years, uh, I've been putting these three things into practice. Dying to my wrongs, dying to my way, and dying to my will. And here's the thing that I love. God is incredibly patient. I I don't know if you know this, but some things die harder than others. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, there, there were some things I stopped doing immediately. I, I gave my life to him. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm not doing this, 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 and this anymore. And then the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, but what about that? And I was like, oh, yeah, about that. That's, um, yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. Can you, I need more clarity in the Bible. I'm not sure I know enough Hebrew or Greek to come to a conclusion that this is even wrong. So I, what, what is, what is going on here? And, and, I can't believe how patient he is. B- because if you grew if you grew up in a very religious context, uh, 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 in church, then, then, and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful, but they really made G- they painted Jesus out to be very petty. Like, like the moment you thought something wrong, you're out of oh no, you're saved, you're unsaved. He just kept ripping the badge off and putting it back on. You're healed, you're not healed. You're righteous, you're unrighteous. Oh, what did you do? Okay, I'm taking my righteousness back. No, I don't know if you know this, but the moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were righteous. You were made righteous. There's nothing you can do about that. You will never be more righteous than you are right now. You can't get more righteouser. And the reason why you can't, that's not a word. So there's no way you can ever be righteouser, okay? But you can get freer. Your position doesn't change, but your freedom, you can continue to get free. And what I started to learn about God is that he's really not petty. He's really, really patient because he has way more time than you do. And once you realize that your relationship is eternally secure, you start, you start thinking to yourself, oh, the only person I'm hurting is me. <laughs> I can grieve the Holy Spirit by my actions, but the one that's bearing the brunt of the consequence is me. I should probably stop this. And when you do that, you can start becoming more free. And when you start living like that, Lord, it's not my will, it's it's yours that's going to be done. It changes the way that you live out your life. My way when I get to work would be to address the person that's been lying on me. And my will would be to let them know it in no uncertain terms. My will would also be to fire them fire him, Jesus. It's kind of prayers we pray when we don't like people. And he's like, no, I'm not going to fire him. I'm going to keep him right there until you show them the way I would respond to them, not the way you would respond to them. Not your will, mine. Not your way, mine. Listen, if it happens up here, it'll happen out here. Jesus did not go to the cross kicking and screaming. After the third time he prayed, he came. <laughs> this is this cracks me up. The third time he prayed, he gets up and he goes, Y'all still sleep? You know what? Just sleep. No, no I'm good. I'm good. Just up. Oh, can't sleep. You know why? The hour's here. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. There was no fright in the man's voice. He wasn't like, ah, Peter, get your sword. Let's go. Uh, 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 uh. Run, Mark, go. Uh, uh, uh. You know how we like to fight to the very end, the bitter end? I'm not going out without a fight. Jesus did. He went out without a fight. After his third prayer, he got up. He said, "Up, oh, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And he let that man kiss him on the cheek. Listen, I'm still trying to get there. I can hug my enemy. You ain't kissing me on my cheek. Still trying to get to his will and his way. Here's what I love about this statement. Up! Let's be going. He's he's talking about the cross. But, but, But I believe... That that same statement was implied throughout the rest of the entire New Testament narrative. Up! Let's be going. My betrayer is here. I'm going to the cross. And next week we'll talk about his resurrection in full detail. But but, but can I tell you, the Holy Spirit came in that tomb. And the same thing that Jesus expressed in Gethsemane was implied when he got into that tomb. Up, let's be going. Your resurrection is here. Up, let's be going. The anointing is here. Up, let's be going. Your deliverer is here. And may I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that there is coming a day when this same quote will be applied. Because there will be a trumpet that cracks the sound in the sky. The heavens will be parted up. Let's be going. Our Savior is here. Because the quicker you get on, the quicker you get off. That's a revelation for somebody right there. You've been fighting going up there. That's why it's taking so long. Why is this season last so long? Because you won't die. You want it your way and your will. And if it doesn't happen like this, and God told me that the man was coming into my life, and he was going to have a suitcase, and everybody's had a backpack, Stop. Just die already. It's not going to happen your way. It's not going to happen according to your will. It's going to happen the way he said. And the moment you submit to it here, you can give it out here. Where do we go from here? To the cross. And where do we go from there? To our seat. Die inside, and you won't have a problem doing it on the outside. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.